your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, October 7th, 2021. Your boy Q here, very excited about today's episode, fired up about tomorrow's episode, and fired up to get into the weekend as the Raiders prepare to play the Chicago Bears on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Uh, Very excited about the show always, especially on Thursdays because you know it's crossover Thursdays. Uh, Before I get into the meat of the show today, I do want to thank you for making the Locked On Raiders podcast your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raiders podcast free and available on all platforms. As I mentioned, it is Crossover Thursday, so my guy Lauren Cox, he's the host of the Locked On Bears, is going to join the show to talk all things Chicago Bears offensively, defensively, talk about the coaching staff, just talk all things Chicago Bears, again, as they're prepared to head to Las Vegas to face the Raiders on Sunday. So I'm going to do like I did last week and give you two segments of all Chicago Bears conversation. I'm getting my Howard Cosell on with Lauren Cox. Now, he talked to me and got a good, you know, eight to ten minute conversation, but again, we talk about the the Raiders here every single day we talk about the offensive line we talk about Derek Carr we talk about John Gruden we do that each and every day so I think it's really good to take a deep dive if possible into the opponent the upcoming opponent and that's what we're going to do on today's show you'll hear a lot of conversation about the Chicago Bears by the time this episode is over you should know the upcoming opponent by like the back of your hand you know you should know all the details and know how the Raiders uh, could come away with a good victory on Sunday get back in the win column so uh, segment number two and segment number three you'll hear my crossover edition with lauren cox host of locked on bears here in segment number one news and notes of the day so let's go ahead and jump right into it off top when it comes to the raiders obviously one of the biggest concerns has got to be injuries i know we talk offensive line but injuries is also a big bugaboo for the raiders right now peyton barber he left monday night's game early after a few runs Uh, he has a toe injury ian rapaport from nfl network actually put out a tweet early on wednesday say the raiders are down a running back barber has been diagnosed with mild turf toe Uh, the injury should sideline barber for a few weeks he said he was fortunate to avoid a fracture and is still seeking opinions on having tests but it sounds like within the organization they expect him to be out a few weeks of course josh jacobs is still trying to work himself back into game shape and then Kenyon drake you kind of wonder what's going on with him but uh, the good thing is jalen richard uh, does look like he's going to come back looks like he's uh, trending towards playing on sunday so it sounds like especially with peyton barber being out a few weeks the raiders will need a healthy jalen richard so expect to see him it's not set in stone yet but there's a good possibility a good chance you'll see jalen richard on sunday so speaking of injuries, let me go over Wednesday's injury report real quick as the Raiders sent it out. Uh, just give you the guys that did not participate. Cornerback Damon Arnett got the groin injury. Uh, Peyton Barber just mentioned him. The running back didn't participate. Tight end Derek Carrier has a pec injury. He did not participate. And then cornerback Trayvon Mullen dealing with a toe slash foot injury did not participate. And I think that's the big one. Trayvon Mullen's the one that a lot of folks, including myself, think may be out for quite a while. So that's something to pay attention to. And you never know. It could be Damon Arnett as out for quite 
quite a while as well as he's uh, dealing with that groin injury. So uh, going to be very interesting to see who makes it, who doesn't make it, who's back, who's not back. But uh, the injuries are, are starting to pile up some more for the Raiders. Uh, safety Jonathan Abram dealing with a shoulder injury. He was limited. Uh, Josh Jacobs with the ankle injury. He was limited. Tackle Colton Miller with the knee injury. He was limited. Not worried about any of those guys. I do expect them all to play. Cornerback Nate Hobbs with the shoulder injury. He was a full participant. Alec Ingold, shoulder, full participant. Corey Littleton, shoulder and rib, full participant. Hunter Renfro is an ankle injury, full participant. And Darren Waller, knee injury, full participant. That's something to pay attention to, though. Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, I expect to be out there on Sunday. And Waller, I do as well. But remember in training camp, he had that knee injury. And he came back. He missed a little bit of time. And then he came back. And he said he was good to go. Uh, Now it's popping up again on the injury report. So that's something to monitor the knee and the health of tight end Darren Waller. Because clearly, they need him out there just like they need wide receiver Hunter Renfro. Uh, Real quick, I'll go over the Bears uh, injury report from Wednesday. Jesse James is dealing with uh, personal issues. He did not participate. He's a tight end. Akeem Hicks, the defensive tackle, is dealing with a groin injury, did not participate. This is actually a good chance he doesn't play on Sunday. Tight end J.P. Holtz, he has a quad injury. He did not participate. Uh, then they have a linebacker that didn't participate. Joel uh, Ingham Bonwe, I think is how you say it. I'm sure I messed his name up, but he has a hamstring injury. He didn't participate. Khalil Mack, ribs and foot injury, didn't participate. No chance he does not play on Sunday. (laughs) There's no chance. Khalil Mack will do everything he has to do to be out there. So don't think that that's going to be a a positive sign for the Raiders. Running back David Montgomery, knee injury. He didn't participate, and he's out. He's going to be out for uh, five to six weeks, so he's definitely not playing on Sunday. Wide receiver Darnell Mooney, groin injury. He was limited. And then uh, defensive back Deion Bush, shoulder injury, full. Quarterback Andy Dalton, knee injury, full. Defensive back Deshaun Gibson Sr., hamstring, full. Tight end Jasper uh, Horstead, knee injury full. And then running back Damian Williams with the quad, he was full as well. So a couple names on there to pay attention to. Akeem Hicks is a guy that I would look at that maybe he doesn't participate. Darnell Mooney with the groin injury, I'd pay attention to him. And uh, I think that that's really all. I'm sure everyone else will probably play, no doubt about it, on Sunday. Also, as far as roster moves go on Wednesday, the Raiders made a couple of them. They signed cornerback Brandon Faison from the Los Angeles Chargers practice squad. And I'll say this, the last time that the, the Raiders signed a, a player off a practice squad from the team that they uh, played the, the week before uh, was Darren Waller from the Baltimore Ravens. That worked out pretty well. But uh, Faison has played with uh, Gus Bradley. He's played under Gus Bradley before, so he knows him very well. He's six foot, 297-pound cornerback. Uh, he was entered the league as an undrafted free agent with the Chargers in 2018. He's been in 44 games with four starts. He's recorded 35 tackles, 31 solo, one pass defense, one forced fumble, and two fumble recoveries. So uh, there you go. That's kind of the background on Faison. Uh, the guy, like I said, came from the Chargers practice squad. And then the team also designated cornerback Keyshawn Nixon to return from the reserve injured list. Both of those guys practiced on Wednesday. Now with those kind of additions, there's got to be some subtractions at some point. So I'm not sure who the subtractions or where the subtractions are going to come from, but please believe they're coming quick, fast, and in a hurry because they've got to get that that roster. It's got to be at 53 men and uh, no more. So uh, there's going to be some more transactions coming. I'm sure we'll see hear about them pretty early today and I'm sure it has to do with the injury list some guys that are going to be out and maybe even hitting injury reserve so just kind of monitor that and pay attention to that and uh, when the injury report comes out later on this afternoon I'm sure we'll have a better clearer idea of who's really banged up for the long haul and who may be back in a week or so or maybe even available on Sunday. Now, I wanted you to hear a little bit of sound from the media sessions that the Raiders had following practice on Wednesday, both from Derek Carr and Max Crosby. Really, Max Crosby, I wanted you to hear because
because, man, this dude really sounds like a leader. I mean, he just really has taken his game from where he was, from a good player to potentially a great player and also a big-time leader on this Raiders defense. And so uh, first, let's go ahead and uh, hear from Derek Carr on Alex Leatherwood. Of course, there's been a lot of conversations about the offensive line. There's folks that are saying that he's already taken reps at the guard position. I'll tell you right now, that came from nobody that was at practice on Wednesday. Uh, Nobody that was there. None of the regulars that were there. I was not there, but uh, none of the ones that are regularly there saw him taking snaps at the guard position. So anything you read on Twitter about that or Facebook, right now, there's no truth to that until it's actually confirmed. So just take that with a grain of salt. But here's Derek Carr talking about Alex Leatherwood. If there's traits and qualities he sees in him, that he saw on Colton Miller his rookie year when he was struggling. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the hard part about some of the positions that some guys play in football, whether it's quarterback or tackle, corner, um, you know, we always remember those one, that one play, right? We always remember that one play, and not one play ever breaks a game, right? Everyone looks at the end and says, well, that's the one that, you know, well, there's 13 other plays that if we just executed, it wouldn't even have mattered, you know? So it sounds so cliche, but it's so true. Like, yeah, he maybe gave up one, one or two plays there, but you know, I also saw him a couple other times slamming some dudes on the ground, especially some guys that were talking, right? You know, he was doing that too. So um, when it's the NFL, you know, guys on their defensive line, especially the Chargers, you, know, you look at 42, obviously Bosa, those are great players. They're really good. They're going to win sometimes. And you just hope when they win, the ball's gone or um, it's, not a, it's not a fumble as you're throwing the ball or things like that. But that's the stuff that gets pointed out, right? And that's a part of being a rookie too. You just, especially when you're a rookie, just things just happen and you're like, why did why, why'd that happen to me? You know, why? In his head, he's probably like, man, if only Derek threw it just a little earlier, you know, like it wouldn't have been a fumble, you know, all those kind of things. So, um, you know, but he never even acts like that. I see the same characteristics in Alex that I saw in Colton is they stay quiet. And when they go on that football field, it's all business. I mean, you guys have seen him. I mean, he's all business all the time. You know, I haven't, you know, I've tried to make him laugh a few times and, you know, we've had some good times, but when it comes to in between those white lines, he is strictly business and, uh, that that is a great sign going forward. So there's Derek Carr right there talking about Alex Leatherwood and some of the traits that he sees in him and you know some of the qualities he sees in him and, and does believe that he's going to continue to improve. And I know some Raider Nation has already want to scrap the whole Alex Leatherwood plan. Oh, he's, he's done. He's, he's terrible. He's not very good. This, that, and the other. Look, it's four games in. There's still a lot of work to be done and uh, you know he's going to continue to learn. So I'm not saying he's going to be the right tackle of the future. He might end up kicking inside the guard, but I would just still caution just be a little bit patient patient with the young man as he's continuing to try to work and get where he needs to be. Uh, Now, there's been a lot of conversation, including right here on the podcast, about the slow starts that the Raiders have gotten off to. The other day, Coach Gruden said it's not time to panic. Uh, And so Derek Carr was asked about the slow starts and asked about what John Gruden said. It's not time to panic. So uh, here's what Derek Carr had to say about that. Yeah, yeah, there's no panic. There's definitely things we, we have to do better from a communication standpoint that would solve a lot of problems. Um, there's, been, there's been spurts where we've done it really well, and there's been spurts where we haven't all been on the same page. And Coach Cable always talks about it. When we're all on the same page, you know, usually there's good results. Um, I think I let my frustration out uh, too because there was a couple plays where we had a couple miscommunications and there's big play opportunities, you know, and especially in a game like that, um, you, know, you wish to have those plays back, um, but you don't get those chances again. So. Going forward, there's no panic, but you just we just continue to see. Okay, what do we need to do better? So, we talked about a few things in the you know building today, and we went out to the practice field and we did those things better today. We made them an emphasis, and that's really 
that's all you do when you're a professional you know, athlete is you play the game, you go to the next. What do we need to do better? Let's emphasize that this week in practice. And it's it's something that you continue to strive for and you continue to uh, you know get guys that, that, that hear the message and can execute the message. And uh, you know I think that uh, today was one of our better days of doing that. So it was exciting to see, uh, but we have to go do it you know, on a game day. So I wanted you to hear that because he talked about communication and I wanted to tie this all together and you're still, I got a soundbite or two that you're going to hear from Max Crosby. What I want to take that a step further because he emphasized the communication multiple times and that being part of the reason for the slow starts. Well, following the game on Sunday, he had talked to, or Monday, excuse me, he had talked about he, know what's the, he knows what the issues are, but he'll address it in private. And so that made a lot of Raider fans speculate on what it could possibly be. Well, that leads me to my next point. I got a tweet on Wednesday from Raider Yoda and he brought up a good point and I really wasn't too sure exactly what he was talking about until I did a little bit of research and a little bit of digging. He said, yo Q, on Tuesday, Hall of Fame coach Tom Flores told JT the Brick he felt the Raiders were doing too much audibleizing at the line of scrimmage throughout the course of games and it's causing too much confusion resetting the players' roles. So then he goes on to talk about he wishes that I had an expert on to you know talk about the audibles and then he also said we met your family at the Rockstar Bar. Thanks for a great event Again, that's from Raider Yoda. And uh, first of all, we'll be back at the Rockstar on Saturday around 5 p.m. Uh, leading into the Raiders-Bears game on Sunday. We kind of do that before every single uh, home game. So definitely come on out if you're in the city. If you're in Las Vegas, it's right across from Town Square. Uh, you cannot miss it. And it's free to get in. But getting back to the audibleizing and going back to the soundbite that you heard from, from Derek Carr, I don't think that I need to have an expert on. I think he said it right there. The communication. The communication and the communication. He emphasized it so many times. And then going back to what Tom Flores told JT, you put all those together, it makes a lot of sense. There's too much confusion resetting the players' roles. That goes back to communication. He's talking about there's big plays, but they weren't able to get them up because they weren't on the same page. That all ties together. So I think you might have answered your own question just by hearing that Derek Carr soundbite right there. Uh, the confusion that's going on is because the communication's bad. And when you have bad communication, it doesn't matter what you're in, what field you're in, if you're on the football field or if you're in the workplace. Bad communication is bad communication. It's not going to work. It's never going to work. So uh, I think that that all has a lot to do with it. And I, I appreciate the tweet from my man Raider Yoda uh, that kind of brought that to my attention. It made me have to go back and do a little bit extra homework. But uh, I, I think that that was a great point. And that is uh, something that could lead to some of the slow starts that the Raiders are having. So we'll see what they do on Sunday to see if there's a little bit less audibleizing at the line of scrimmage and more uh, and better communication between Derek Carr and the rest of the offense. Now, let me get a couple of Max Crosby sound bites in real quick because, again, I'm very impressed with the leadership role that he's taken. So on Wednesday, it was brought to the attention of everyone. It was actually officially announced that Justin Fields would be the starting quarterback. So that's who the Raiders are going to be facing, rookie Justin Fields out of Ohio State. So Max Crosby was asked about facing Fields and the skill set he brings to the table. What, uh, you know, how, how does he approach that challenge? You know, honestly, we talk about all the time with our D-line. Like in our D-line room, it's, it's all about us, um, no matter who we're playing, to be honest. Um, we obviously watch the film. Uh, we see what we see, but... Um, it starts with us, you know, it starts with our get off, um, getting after the quarterback consistently, stopping the run and then, you know, feasting. So that's what we got to do, um, no matter who the opponent is. Um, and, you know, we're looking forward to the challenge. I know he didn't say anything earth shattering, but just hearing his tone, his approach, the way that he's answering questions, you can just tell it's, uh, it's not, I don't want to say it's coach speak, but it's just like 
listening to a coach that just says, hey, man, it's really, it's all about us. Uh, you know, me, me uh, covering a lot of sports throughout my uh, sports radio career, I've been blessed to talk to a lot of coaches, and everyone to a T will say, Q, it's never about the opponent. It's always about us. And so I loved hearing that from Max Crosby. And then, uh, of course, we've been turning the page already, not going to sit there and dwell on the loss on uh, on, on Monday to the Chargers. Uh, but he was asked, Max Crosby was asked about being hungry to get back on the field so he could put Monday night in the rear view and I could totally appreciate this answer right here. Yeah, you know, anytime you take a loss, you know, in a tough game, divisional opponent, it hurts. But um, we already have a flush. You know, we had a really good practice today. We got a really good workout yesterday. Um, and we're, you know, worried about getting to four and one. That's that's all we can do. Um, and, you know, we'll have our time with them again. So we're uh, just taking them one day at a time. Don't allow one loss to beat you twice. That's exactly what he said right there. And I'm telling you, that's the best approach. Uh, not worried about the Chargers. Not worried about what Joey Bosa is talking about or anyone else is talking about. It's, you know, an opportunity to go 4-1 and one, uh, with the win over the Bears on Sunday. Final soundbite from Max Crosby. I know the segment's going a little bit long. But, uh, you know, he was asked, what has he done that's been so different that's had him come out the way he has this season and really taking that next step on and off the field? Um, you know, I think I've touched on it, you know, a little bit this offseason, just, um, you know, taking that next step, you know, worry, taking care of every, you know, all the little things, nutrition, recovery, uh, just putting in extra work. You know, if we got to work out, I'm going to find a way to do a little bit more than the next guy. That's, that's always my mentality. Um, constantly doing everything consistently every day, you know, just doing little, little stuff, recovery, just nonstop. Um, I have a crazy routine and. Um, it works for me. So, you know, I try to encourage my teammates, you know, to do things, you know, like the way I've done it because I had guys ahead of me that showed me the way, you know, Benson Mayoas and Josh Moros and guys like that when I was a, a rookie showing me, you know, the rope. So, you know, I just want to pass that down and, and try to help out everybody around me. So I just had to pass that along. I just was really impressed with hearing Max Crosby right there. He doesn't talk to the media all the time, but uh, I'm paying attention when he does. And uh, that just, again, just you can hear the maturation in his voice. You can hear the leadership skills he has in his voice. So that's all I got for you for segment number one, a very long segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number two, part one of my conversation with Lauren Cox from a Locked On Bears, the crossover edition, talking all things Bears and Raiders, coming up on Sunday. That's coming up in segment number two. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about rockauto.com. And if you're into fixing up your car, as a lot of you are, rockauto.com, that's the website for you. And why is it the website? Well, it's so easy to navigate, so easy to find all the parts you need for your car. It's quickly delivered to your house, and you don't have to go to a store. Uh, and then on top of that, the money. You're going to save a ton of money. You know, you can go to a store, you can go to a car dealership, you'll pay a grip. And you're not going to do that when you go to rockauto.com. The prices are very reasonable. Matter of fact, a lot of times they're going to save you a lot of money, 30%, 50%, sometimes even up to 100%. They found ways to save you 100%. That's damn near impossible, but they do it. Rockauto.com is the place for you. The only thing I ask you to do once you get your parts and everything is satisfactory, you're ready to get it delivered to your door. There's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? Just write Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's all you need to do. You do that, they'll know I sent you and I'm doing my job. It's a great selection, great low prices. All the parts your car is ever going to need is at one spot. That's rockauto.com. Segment number two, part one of my conversation with Lauren Cox, host of Locked On Bears, is coming up here on the Locked On Raiders Podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part one of my conversation with Lauren Cox, host of Locked On Bears, as the Bears and Raiders will square up on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, 1 p.m. kickoff. Uh, Very excited about the game. And Lauren, me and you, man, we go back. We go back a few years, going all the way back to the Khalil Mack trade. Uh, We've talked multiple times over the past few years. So uh, here we are again, man. It's always great to catch up with you. (laughs) Yeah, we've, uh, especially now with the rumors again this offseason that maybe the Raiders were looking to bring Khalil Mack back. I wonder if we're going to do the same podcast again three years later. Right, exactly. So uh, at least this time we're talking about a game. Uh, Obviously, we talked about the Bears and the Raiders when they went to London. Uh, now we're a couple years removed from that, and we're talking about Allegiant Stadium, Las Vegas. A uh, fun matchup this Sunday. Uh, two teams that really probably need victories in, in, a, in a major way to start feeling good about themselves. On Wednesday, we found out that Justin Fields will indeed be the quarterback moving forward. Uh, Matt Nagy decided to change his Matt Nagy conversation and say that Andy Dalton was the guy as long as he's healthy, and he went with the more sensible idea, Justin Fields. Why? Why in week five did it make sense for Nagy to make to make that call? Uh, the problem is it's it sort of felt like it's made sense since almost week one. Right. So it's been a long time coming for the Bears fan. But the thing is that Nagy's decisions haven't always made complete sense, right? That's <laughs> and that was the the challenge here. A lot of Bears fans have been ready to fire their head coach midway through this season. Still, maybe think potentially there could be a change at some point if if things hit south and the Bears have a, a tough part of their schedule. But long story short, Andy Dalton got hurt week two against Cincinnati Bengals. Justin Fields came in. He was all right. Struggled in his first actual start against the Cleveland Browns, one of the contenders in the AFC. It was right. high quality of opponent for a rookie to, to come in there against Miles Garrett. It was a, a very, very difficult spot to be in. But then last week against the Detroit Lions, they changed play callers from Nagy, gave up the role, said, you know what? I'm I'm not getting the job done very well, apparently, for our, our team. So offensive coordinator Bill Lazor started calling the plays against the Lions. And you go against an 0-4 team instead of the, the Browns, that'll help your fortunes quite a bit too. But Fields really looked the part in that game. It felt like the scheme was a little bit more tailored to what his skill set brings. And he was delivering some really impressive throws downfield. Still some rookie mistakes, but it looked like the guy that the Bears thought they were getting when they traded up to number 11. And so it it became a little bit too clear and obvious that Fields gives them something more. We we always knew Fields would be better than Andy Dalton. It was a matter of, is he ready? Is he better week one or how many weeks will it take before he's really up to speed to be able to be clearly the better quarterback option? And it kind of looked that way in week two, but they wanted a couple weeks with Dalton still injured to really see what Fields could do. And then I think he would have faced some kind of locker room revolt if he had gone back to Dalton, given how much Fields had played and how well he had played compared to, we kind of know what Andy Dalton is. And that's right. there's, there's something there. There's a, a, a floor of like a, a solid-ish starting caliber quarterback, but you got to go for the young guy and go for the ceiling there, especially if you're a head coach trying to save your job. Right, no doubt about it. And you mentioned the play calling. Bill Lazor, the offensive coordinator, he's calling the shots. Matt Nagy's not calling them. So when you're watching the game, when you're covering this game, how do you? How much difference do you see as far as the play calling? What? How does Bill Lazor set up Justin Fields in a better situation and, and a better chance to be successful than Matt Nagy did? Yeah, it's interesting because like it's still the same system, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're still running a lot of the same plays, but it's about, it's, it's kind of the little thing. So it's, it's the, the flow and the order. I mean, they, they certainly stuck to the running game and established much more of a rushing identity against the lions. They went with a lot more like two and three tight end sets. And you know, they're still putting Justin Fields in some shotgun looks and some, you know, some under center looks with, with those heavier personnel that they can still throw out of, but right. it was much more of an identity to say, we are going to hand the ball off to David Montgomery 20 times. Now Montgomery sprains his knee and is out the next right. four to five weeks. And, 
and all of a sudden we're like, okay, well, wait a minute. Uh, can they still have that identity with Damian Williams? That's a whole other conversation. But so you combine that with, they, they kept running backs and tight ends in to pass protect a little bit more, some more six and seven man protections because fields is not the precision quick strike quarterback that Nagy wanted his scheme to have. You know, the right. first game, it was like three-step drop curl, three-step drop slant, where you have to be perfect in your footwork and perfect on your timing to get the ball off quickly and perfectly on target. And not that field is inaccurate, but to expect a rookie to come in and be spot on with new teammates and learning the NFL game and all that was not his skill set. So we saw more play action, more moving pockets, longer drown up plays where he has a little bit more time to let the play develop. And then he can fire the ball 20 to 25 yards downfield and hit a really tight window on the sideline to Allen Robinson or drop it over the top to Darnell Mooney right into the bread basket, like really impressive NFL caliber throws. The kid just needs a little bit more time to, to see it and to really let the whole play develop. And that's why I'm a little concerned about this bears offensive line against those Raiders pass rushers. Yeah. The pass rushers are playing some really good ball right now. Like I said uh, before, they're getting after the quarterback, not necessarily sacks all the time, but the pressures are there in a major way. Now I, I want to get to the running game in a few seconds, but I do uh, want to ask another question about the quarterback position. Andy Dalton, you mentioned, you know, you know who he is and, and we all do. He's a veteran, been around the league for a long time. Uh, and, and I think that's probably why Nagy started with him, just cause he was the veteran and, and you kind of know what you're going to get from from him how much uh has he helped Justin Fields kind of grow into being a professional you know I mean again obviously all these guys want to play they don't want to be the mentor role but that's what he is right now he's a mentor he's a teacher uh he's an extra set of ears and eyes that uh you know can help Justin Fields how much have you seen him kind of help uh, Justin Fields and even though he's on the sideline now uh, how much do you think he'll help him moving forward it's really been a lot. And the, the thing that's hard to differentiate a little bit is they also have Nick Foles, who's yeah. their third string quarterback, who they're still paying. He's the highest paid third string quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> so they're still paying a lot of money to be that mentor as well. So how much is Andy versus how much is Nick to be determined? But the, the veteran quarterbacks have been such a, a calming presence for him to have an extra quarterback coach. When, when things went really bad against the Browns, to be able to have a guy come over and say, hey, you know what? You've been sacked nine times, but it gets easier from here. And to help him, you know, here's what I was seeing on the sideline. Here's what you should have seen here, you know, right. and working with him in that regard. And even after Justin Fields was named the starter, you know, they, they had a, a phone conversation where Andy says, hey, like, I don't want this to ruin our relationship. You know, let's still be friends. We'll still be, it almost sounds like a, a boyfriend, girlfriend thing where like <laughs> you just broke up and like, we, right. we can still be friends, right? We, right, we still have right. our relationship, but like, you're, you know, you're, you're on your own now and you're doing bigger and better things without me. And that's okay. But I, I think both of those quarterbacks have been really strong and supportive throughout. They, neither one Dalton nor Foles wants to be in the role that they're in now, but they're the type of professionals that, you know, take their job seriously and are not just going to pout and demand a trade right away necessarily. And they're, they're going to help fields and they, they have helped fields in terms of you know, getting ready for games. He feels himself said he's kind of changed his, his preparation each week. Like the first couple of weeks, he kind of did it one way. He didn't get a lot of specifics, but said he's changed a couple of times of like, Oh, okay. I need to do, I need to pay more attention here, spend more time on this as opposed to that. And he said, even when he was named starting quarterback, it was technically Tuesday night, the team told him announced it on Wednesday. He said his parents were over. <laughs> and they wanted to go out and celebrate. And he said, you know, I'm I'm going to stay home and watch film with my dog. So his parents went out and, and celebrated Fields being named the starter. Fields stayed home and, and watched tape. So he's he's definitely dialed in as the starter. Nice. All you had to do really is just have a camera on Justin Fields' family, and they would have told you ahead of time that uh, that he was a starting quarterback. That's pretty cool. I like that. Uh, now going to the running back position real quick, David Montgomery, I like him a lot, man. I liked him at Iowa State. Uh, he's a hell of a running back. He's he, To me, he seems like he's a Chicago Bear through and through. Like he's what a Chicago Bear should be. So he's out. Uh, Damian Williams, I know he's a little bit banged up as well. Maybe he's not. I saw the injury report. Maybe he plays. Maybe he doesn't. If, in fact, he doesn't play, what's the running plan 
after him. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's where it gets a little messy. So Williams had a thigh bruise against the Lions. So I I would exp- I mean I'm not a doctor, but bruise seems a little bit hopefully easier to play right. through. So he should be the guy. But if he's not, they've got a rookie six round pick, Khalil Herbert from. Uh, Actually, I'm, I'm blanking on the, the school that he played for as I bring it up in front of me. Virginia Tech, of course. Gotcha. Virginia Tech, he's their primary kickoff returner, but they traded for Jakeem Grant from the right. Dolphins. So presumably, they're going to promote a couple of guys from their practice squad, depending on if Williams is healthy or not. The, the first one is Ryan Nall from Oregon State. He's kind of a big physical running back. He plays some fullback for them, but he'll play running back, a little bit better blocker, and just runs hard the middle, but not fast. Herbert Herbert's much more of a kind of a... He's not a scat back, but a little bit more of that speed, smaller, slight, slender kind of runner there. Nall is kind of the big fullback hybrid type guy. And they also have Artavis Pierce, also from Oregon State, also a college teammate of Ryan Nall. Two running backs from the same backfield, both undrafted free agents from separate years. I would They're going to presumably promote one or both of them from the practice squad, depending on Damian Williams' health. And, and that would be the option. A rookie and two former undrafted free agents is not necessarily a – NFL caliber backfield, but we're still expecting them to want to try and run the ball hard. And maybe you rely on the, the six round pick being kind of an unknown on tape for opposing offenses or opposing defenses, excuse me. But it's it's not the spot you necessarily want to put your rookie quarterback in. So maybe we'd see more option plays to right. maybe have fields be more involved in the running game. But it, it, very real concern. Fingers crossed for Damian Williams, for sure. Right. No doubt. No doubt about it. And before I flip over to the defensive side of things, you know, to make everything go, I talked about the Raiders struggle on the offensive line. And you mentioned the Bears struggle on the offensive line. What's it looking like? How's it shaping up? And where is your biggest concern as far as the, the O-line goes? Definitely the offensive tackle positions, although center has not been – Phenomenal. So the strength is clearly the two guards. Okay. Cody Whitehair on the left guard, James Daniels the right guard, both second round picks. Both have kind of come up in the system. They're not perfect. They're not pro bowlers, but they get the job done. Left tackle, Jason Peters is almost 40 years old. Right. He, he's a potential future Hall of Famer, but so far on the back end of his career that speed especially has been a challenge for him. And you know, Miles Garrett, and even last week, you know, Romeo Aquara and then from the Lions was giving him some trouble too. So that's a little bit shaky. Jermaine Effetti on the right tackle spot was a former first round pick by the Seahawks. They moved him inside a guard, moved him right. back to tackle. He, he, he very inconsistent, but average at at best right tackle. The center is a former undrafted free agent, so the the protection calls. What is this? The Raiders' <laughs> offensive line? <laughs> it, 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 sounds, it sounds pretty similar, right? And it's not Man. it's not a great spot to put a rookie quarterback in against right. a really good defense. It worked against the Lions because it's kind of it's the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that can like. If the, the, I mean, the Browns got nine sacks on Justin Fields. It wouldn't surprise me if, you know, the, the Crosby and Nassip and, uh, and Gakwe, they should be feasted. They, they should be definitely drooling at the potential of feasting in this game. But I would really expect you see a lot of Cole Komet pass blocking, a lot of running backs pass blocking, specifically to chip on those tight ends to give Justin Fields some time. Because give him some time and he can definitely – he's got the talent to dice you up in the passing game. It's just – doesn't always have that time. So there is part one of my conversation right there with Lauren Cox, host of Locked on Bears, talking all things offense from the Bears side of things, what they're looking at, what the Raiders will be looking at, trying to defend. Now we're going to flip things over in segment number three, going to talk all things defense. What should the Raiders expect from the Bears defense? That's coming up in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get to that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. It is that time of year again. You know what that means. Football, football, and oh, by the way, more football. BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for all pro and college football action all season long. On the website, they got the new updated site. They got the interface. They got the odds, the props, the contest. They're your number one source for all things 
football. Head to the website right now on your mobile device or your laptop. Sign up today and receive a 100% welcome bonus. Yeah, 100% welcome bonus if you use the promo code Locked On Football. Baseball. You want to talk about baseball? You want to talk about exciting? How about that wild card game last night? Uh, Dodgers and Cardinals. Dodgers come away with the victory. They're going to square up against the Giants. You tell me that's not exciting? Boxing, UFC, Vegas casino games. I mean, everything is going down right now, and hockey's right around the corner. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Check them out today. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast and part two of my conversation with Lauren Cox, host of Locked On Bears, as I'm getting my Howard Cosell on with him, talking all things offense, as we did in segment number two, and now all things defense, as we'll do here in segment number three. And Lauren, when it comes to the defense, of course, Khalil Mack, that's the big name. We don't have to revisit that. We know what he's all about. I know he's banged up, but we know what he's all about. He's definitely going to be playing on Sunday, no question in my mind. Uh, How much, though, has Rob Robert Quinn been a factor as far as even making Khalil Mack a better factor for the Bears because he's all of a sudden he's playing like the Robert Quinn that was expected to be the guy as opposed to the guy that the Bears got last season when they gave him a lot of money as a free agent. And that's been really a, pretty much the story of this Bears defense. I mean, there's some subplots there, but he has turned some kind of corner and he he gave some kind of mysterious personal there's a some, some, something personal happened in his life that he hasn't really gotten into a lot of details about that last year I, I don't remember exactly where he but I get the impression he was in some sort of bad place yeah last whether that's physically whether that's mentally whether that's something in his family or off the field I mean we don't he's like I'm not going to get into it but he said he figured some things out this this offseason and has sort of turned a corner in some way shape or form and I'm I'm really happy for him and I hope his life is happier and whatever has happened has has past at this point but he has been more explosive more electric just there's an energy there and he's he's really gotten back to some of those big Robert Quinn seasons that we saw earlier in his career because 12 months ago or I guess this offseason Bears fans are ready to cut Robert right. Quinn and it was a matter of okay we have to get through 2021 because the salary is guaranteed and then this guy is out of here because he's getting paid way too much and he's not producing and and all of a sudden, it's it's a new man. He has been so explosive off the edge. He's so bendy too. He's he's one of those guys that can just contort his body to turn the corner in a way that is just you can't teach that. You just right. physically can or can't do that. And so he's taken so much of that pressure off of Cleo Mack, where teams are still putting two, three blockers on Mac fairly consistently. The tight ends are always chipping on that side, but now Quinn's got four and a half sacks of his own, and all of a sudden you can't pay as much attention to Cleo Mack. So it has been such a, a bonus to this Bears defense, especially when they have some major, very real concerns on the back end in that secondary. But if the pass rush plays as well as it has been, you're able to mitigate some of that and keep this team in some games because of such a ferocious pass rush. I'm telling you, man, this game is so eerily similar. You know, I mean, you're talking about concerns with Crosby and Ngakwe. I'm talking about concerns with uh, Mack and Quinn. I mean, it's like I said, it, it feels the same. Now, you mentioned the secondary in the back end in particular. I'm a big Eddie Jackson guy. Loved him coming out of Alabama, even though he – you know, broke his leg, but I thought that he's a turnover machine. He creates a bunch of turnovers. Jalen Johnson, uh, I like him, a, a central a, a central California guy. Uh, I like him a lot, but uh, what's going on with the secondary? Where, where's the big holes and the issues going on? So Eddie, Eddie Jackson is uh, has been a problem. He's not been the big issue, but he has not been the same Eddie Jackson that he once was. And wow. we still don't have a good answer for that. 
but he has been out of position in some busted coverage plays. Wow. He takes taking weird angles to receive like it was a post route and like he's a single deep safety. You just have to come over and make the tackle and he, he overruns the receiver and runs into his quarterback and you get a, a easy 30 yard touchdown. And it's just like, wait, what happened to the pro bowler in 2018 that had, you know, four interceptions and pick sixes. And it was a huge, play yeah. like, it, it, there's this mystery of like, what, what has happened to Eddie Jackson? He's not been terrible by any means, but he has not been the Eddie Jackson that we've come to know. Right. The, the real concern is slot cornerback, Duke Shelley, former six round pick. You get what you get when you put a six round pick in that spot. Yeah. I mean, he's, he has been very inconsistent. Opposing quarterbacks have been targeting him. And then their other safety to Sean Gibson has been hurt the last two weeks. We'll, we'll see what his status is this week, but his backup, Deion Bush, much more of a traditional strong safety. He's fine underneath, covering underneath, you know, the running backs of the backfield, the little things in zone. But if he's a back end safety, there's been some vulnerability there. So, those two spots have been a real struggle. Jalen Johnson has been great. And the other outside cornerback is Kendall Vildor, a fifth-round pick. Yeah, great, great name, average cornerback, still very young, still kind of – there's he's he's a potential weakness there, but it's definitely been slot and the other safety. And then just like you, you mixed bag for Eddie Jackson. Sometimes he's he's still great, and sometimes you just – you get something totally unexpected. It's like what, what happened to that guy that we thought was the future of the safety position in Chicago? Yeah, no, he, he got a contract extension not too long ago. <laughs> yeah, in big bucks. Yeah, and it had, like the last year and four games. Wow, that's interesting. That really is. Again, like I said, I was a big fan of his coming out of uh, Alabama, and he dropped in the draft because of that broken leg. And so that's, uh, in my opinion, how the Bears were able to swoop him up. And I thought, man, what a steal. So uh, that's pretty strange to hear that he's he's playing like that. Maybe the Monstars got him, man. They got his they got some of his talent or something. But uh, when you look at the, the run game, we talked about the Raiders and their struggles running the ball. How have the Bears been as far as stopping the run? Are, are they struggling? Are they is that is that still an area of strength? What's going on with the Bears' run defense? Yeah, for the most part it's been okay they've been, okay. They've been good enough right i mean the browns were able to run on them pretty well because they've got one of the best running games in the nfl but but for the most part they they'll stop the run right they're not gonna they're not gonna give up the, the 25 30 yard breakaway runs but they're not they're not shutting you down entirely in the running game either I mean, they're back to that vic fangio brandon staley style of defense where they want to pre-snap show you a lot of two deep coverages and they'll go a little lighter in the box and they'll right. say you know what if you want to run the ball on us and you know get your three to four yards We'll be okay with that because we don't think you can consistently work your way down the field for a whole drive throughout the course of a game actually doing that. So they'll bend and, and they're the bend, don't break kind of style. So they're sure. they're willing to give you a little bit in the running game, but they certainly haven't been vulnerable in there, but they're not completely shutting you down either. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And that's uh, some good intel right there, man. And like I said, the Raiders have been struggling to run the ball anyway. So I'm, I'm interested to see how long they try to stick with it uh, before they just say, hey, it's Derek Carr or bust. So uh, should be interesting. And fi final question for you, man. I do appreciate it. It's been great. Uh, always sure. love catching up with you. Uh, if there's an area of weakness, if there's one area of the of the Bears team that you think is vulnerable where the Raiders could exploit it come Sunday at Allegiant Stadium, where would you say that it is? Uh, it's a couple of things we've touched on. Definitely the slot and it's vertical okay. up the seams. If you can go, if you can go slot with the slot cornerback and the safety, the backup Dion Bush, if he's in for Tashawn Gibson behind them, you're going to find some room to run. A absolutely on that end, and offensively, the offensive tackles is where that pass rush is going to be, which is why I'm uh, like. It's so concerned about where these matchups are going to be. But I think Derek Carr, if you can give him a little bit of time to throw, yeah, he should be able to move the ball well through the air. Even the Lions last week against the Bears, they got in the red zone three times in their first three drives and came away with zero points because of two wow. turnovers and a turnover on downs on fourth and five. But J Jared Goff and a bad Lions offense 
got in the red zone three times in a row to start that game. And just so I think the Raiders shouldn't have too much trouble at least getting the ball down there. It's just a matter of finishing those drives and making sure they don't shoot themselves in the foot, that there should be some opportunities there. And then you know, if they get pass rush with those offensive tackles for Chicago, there's there's a really there's a clear formula here for, for how this game should go for the Raiders. It's just you wonder about that Justin Fields magic and, and maybe something else for him dialing up. It's going to be a fun quarterback duel for sure. Yeah, and I feel like really this game is, is going to be determined by what goes on in the trenches on, on both sides of the ball for both teams. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean. Whose offensive line can suck less? Like, right, exactly. Yeah. Whose offensive line can suck less and whose defensive line can shine a little bit more, right? I mean, it's, it seems pretty simple. So now that we've figured it all out, now they just got to go out there and do it. <laughs> we figured out. We, we did the hard problem. We, we, we've put it all together. Now they just got to go execute. Oh, man, it's, it's going to be fun to see, especially with both these teams getting their tight ends involved quite a yeah. bit and how the pass rushers are going to respond to that and which defensive coordinator that will dial up some different ways to get their pass rushers home. That's It's, it's going to be... It's going to be a fun matchup in that way, but we'll see if that ends up looking ugly in terms of uh, the quarterbacks and the scoreboard. We'll see. Right. No doubt about it. Well, Lauren, like I said, man, this is great stuff. It's always good to catch up with you, man. Uh, you know, good luck to the Bears on uh, on Sunday uh, game. I know they need they, they need and want really badly, and the Raiders, they, they need and want one really badly too. So should be fun. Should be a good homecoming for Khalil Mack, kind of, sort of, you know, going up against his former team. I know there's going to be a lot of love shown after the game, uh, and let's, let's leave the love there, you know. And I don't worry about the love during the game show that love after the game but uh thank you so much man for your time i really do appreciate you hey anytime man glad to have you on as well and keep up the great work so there it is right there that was our crossover edition that was the conversation with lauren cox you can find him on twitter at cox sports one almost like fox sports one but with a c check him out he's a good dude he does a great job of covering the bears like a glove so if you want to get a little bit more insight a little bit more intel definitely check him out it's always fun when he catches up with us on the show uh so that's going to do it for today's show a little bit longer than it was supposed to be but it was a very good conversation uh i thought a very fantastic show so definitely uh, appreciate you we'll have calls and text straight off that locked on raider podcast voicemail line coming up on tomorrow's show for sure my guy mario in tucson uh, had a really good call uh, that i wanted to get on the show just ran out of time so I'll do that on tomorrow's show for sure. Uh, news and notes of the day. And, of course, we'll have keys. We will have keys to what will need to happen for the Raiders to come away with the victory and be 4-1 and one on the season. So that's all coming up on tomorrow's show. Uh, definitely appreciate everyone who chimes in on the daily, checks out the show, and I definitely appreciate everyone who makes the Lockdown Raiders podcast their first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Lockdown Raiders podcast on all platforms, free and available, wherever you find your podcast at. So thank you again. Appreciate you. Take care of your family. Take care of yourselves. Make sure you love on your family. Do what you got to do. And most importantly, as always, Raider Nation, just win, baby.